0: another episode of sports Yak podcast who types this stuff just run it hit play hear it get it done with i'm jim shorts i'm an icon the class of 2019 indiana sports writer and sportscasters hall of famer chuck freebie and the other butt monkey who cares hit the subscribe button i'd hate to miss a second of this junk sports the podcast now that's good. Now turn it off. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me to my left, Wayne N. At 180 pounds, Drew Douglas. That's all muscle mass, right? You're like a brick of muscle.
1: Negative 4% body fat, all muscle.
0: You actually sent me a small clip of the Rocky 3 training montage recently, didn't you?
1: It was last night I was getting my pump on and that just happened to be on, I think BBC or something. And you work out and you know sometimes you're not feeling it you don't, oh, yeah. don't want to do it and I was in kind of that mood last night and I'm and I was like oh, I'll just put something on to kind of you know maybe give a little motivation give me a little motivation get me hyped up kick it in a high gear and the BBC America is doing a rocky marathon and it was in the middle of Rocky three and Apollo is training Rocky they're on the beach or you could argue it's the the greatest training montage of all time.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would agree.
1: Maybe in that franchise. And I had a good pump.
0: After that, did you feel like you were almost a superhero?
1: I felt like I was on par with Rocky
0: Balboa. Starting things off, we are going to cover Shazam! We got a nice early screening to... This movie, two weeks ahead of its release date. This episode, we will cover Shazam. First, non-spoilers. Then we'll get into the spoiler territory. Then I will hit Drew with a movie review game. And then we'll also talk a little bit about us. This movie's blowing up the box office. Not you and me. But us. But us. But us. Every other week, we cover a new movie and return to something we've seen before to see if it holds up or gets better. But this week... We saw an early screening of Shazam, DC's new superhero movie. Ah, ah. This means Billy! What is happening? You're the only person I
1: know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. A.M. to the B.M. B.M. to the A.M. You have super strength! You just Can you fly? Oh. If I quit your B.M. You okay? Why are you talking? Shazam tells the story of a young foster boy who meets a wizard who gives him superhero powers. Drew, hit us with some of those movie stats. The movie
1: is directed by David F. Sandberg. You might know him from such films as Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. Which I totally forgot he did Annabelle Creation. Yeah, it's a movie you and I saw in theaters, and I I liked it. You liked it, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: we enjoyed it. We actually, so we did a podcast on that long ago. Yeah, before getting onto the Studio DNA Network, we had Quality Check podcast, and one of the old episodes was over Annabelle Creation.
1: And I wasn't huge on Annabelle, but I I liked the sequel, and I completely forgot. I knew he did Lights Out. I forgot Sandberg did Annabelle Creation. So that was a nice little surprise. Lights out. Did you like him? I I thought it was okay. I think the third act is really poopy.
0: To be honest, I get that and the other one is it Don't speak, the one with uh it was set in Detroit and it's That's, where they Don't, don't the breathe. Home. Don't breathe. Okay. I wish they ended up saying don't speak and they just needle drop no doubt the entire time.
1: Don't speak. Enough.
0: Right now, Rotten Tomatoes score.
1: About seventy reviews. We're sitting at ninety three percent.
0: That's high. That is Which is high. It will not I. D-
1: it won't settle in the nineties, I'm gonna say. It'll it'll be mid eighties. Yeah. It'll it'll get knocked down a peg or two, I bet.
0: Well the thing is the only other D C movie that is above Shazam is Wonder Woman. And, and that sits at ninety five.
1: Yeah, and everything else is basically forty percent and below. It's
0: kind of insane. The more I think about these DC movies, the more I feel like that's way too low for some of those, some of the scores they've received. but There's a lot of hate. This is the
1: seventh is. movie in the so-called DC Extended Universe. Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, and Aquaman, which came back out in December. Shazam, actually... New Line Cinema, who put this out with WB, was working on Shazam movie way back in the early 2000s. Did you know that?
0: I did not. But Shazam has a very interesting production. Like, the story itself, before DC picked it up, had a very interesting backstory to to that and its connection to Captain Marvel.
1: You can look that up. The character's name was originally Captain Marvel. It went through different rights, and DC eventually... Gave up the rights to that name and settled on Shazam. Uh, in terms of the movie, a version uh, by writer John August went in the pre-production way back in two thousand eight with Dwayne the Rock Johnson and talks to appear as Black Adam, which That's is right. uh, Shazam's big villain. And Peter Segal was hired to direct. Now Segal, <laughs> is it Siegel or Segal? Segal. Is it? Yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna say Seagal because Segal. I'm pretty sure it's Segal. Right. Anyway, this doofus has done a number <laughs> of movies, a number of Adam Sandler movies. He did uh, Nutty Professor Two and Tommy Boy, and he also happened to do Grudge Match, which is oh yeah. the Sly Stallone movie he did with Robert De, Niro, De Niro, the boxing yeah. movie. So he's never really done anything great. I would argue argue that Tommy Boy is one of the best comedies of all time. Yeah, but these other movies are just and they don't they don't scream hire me for Shazam. Anyway, uh, the screenwriter, John August, eventually quit because WB wanted a darker movie after The Dark Knight came out and did so well. And DC legend Jeff Johns was hired to help write a script. Uh, another movie was eventually announced 2014 with Dwayne Johnson once again being involved, but it was unclear at this time if he was going to be Shazam or Black Adam. We know that didn't happen because Zachary Levi was hired in late 2017 and Sandberg was hired shortly after movie started production in 2018. And it's based on the updated version that Jeff Johns created and wrote in a comic series back in 2012, which we'll kind of get into because the original, the original incarnation of Billy Batson, who is the young boy in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, the word I want to use to describe Billy in the original, we can't say on studio studio DNA, so I'll say the PG version. He's just like a poo-poo head. Oh, and Jeff Johns really did a good job of making Billy a better human being,
0: interesting, uh, more
1: relatable, because he was just like this angsty kid that's really, really obnoxious in some of those early comic versions. So gladly for you and I and everyone that gets to see this movie, Billy Batson is. And this movie is based off of what what Jeff Johns did in uh, 2012.
0: I am really surprised by that Billy fact, because Billy in this movie was, without giving a whole lot away, he was uh, an interesting, like, he, I wouldn't say he was bad by any means, but he had that rebellious side, for sure.
1: He had a rebellious side, but there's a reason. Ooh. He's not just being bad for bad sake. No, he's just like this bad kid, which I think is one of the best things about this movie. But before we do that, let's do a little fill in the blank.
0: Love set. So Shazam is fill in the blank. Here's mine. You were having a little trouble with. I had a little.
1: I knew what I wanted to say, but for me with these movies, I have to see. I feel like I have to see them two or three times to really kind of solidify my thoughts. But I was able to to hash out what I wanted to say. So, but what do you think? Shazam, Shazam is.
0: is childlike fun.
1: Okay. I, I wrote down Shazam is fantasy fun Ooh. that will likely get better with repeated viewings. Ooh.
0: I honestly was really tempted to write in Shazam is what a superhero movie would be like if John Hughes wrote and directed one.
1: I didn't... You know, it's interesting. I didn't get many John Hughes vibes.
0: And that's the reason why I went with Is Like Child Like Fun, because John Hughes, some of the elements I got was the group home, so the foster kids, and everything that is going on and revolving around that. I got the Hughes vibe from that. A little bit from school. Just a little bit. But it wasn't as heavy as, like, say... Power Rangers, the most recent Power Rangers movie that came out.
1: I think with Hughes, I I tend to go, I think of him with his dialogue and the dialogue that he has teens say. And I didn't get that vibe with this one. So I, I, I disagree. I didn't get a John Hughes vibe really at all.
0: In the exception of Shazam and some of the things that the superhero himself said and how he acted. But even that was just very different. But all right. So that's our fill on the blank. What about overall grade? What would you give Shazam? Hmm. Say my name. I'm torn. Okay.
1: But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go low. And, and again, going back to I think this will get better the more I watch it, which I'd be happy to. That's not a knock on this movie. I'm gonna slap it with a B.
0: Oh. Do you want to say why exactly?
1: It falls into the pitfalls that many of these movies fall into, which is I don't I don't really want to say, but it has a lot of issues that I'll, a lot of these comic book movies have. And um, I always go back to it. I, I keep going back to this one issue, I, this big issue that I have with this movie.
0: I know exactly where you're going with that. So do we'll you? save that. What yeah, you think I, it I, is? I feel I'll say that it involves the villain. Yeah, yeah. And also kind of where this movie goes. We'll save that for spoilers. But the one the one thing that I'll end up saying that's non-spoilery is that I really felt like Shazam, it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed it while watching. But there's a major problem I had with it. Can you guess what that is? Hmm. Um... I have not thought about this movie once since we watched it.
1: That's weird because I've actually thought about it a, a lot, and I went and Jeff Johns is working on a new Shazam series right now, and I subscribed to that on Comixology, and it got me... I, I want to see this again.
0: Okay. The So, for the most part, I will end up watching this again. I'll say I was a little...
1: Um, lukewarm on this after seeing it but in the in we saw this over well, the weekend processing. and it's been in a couple days and i've actually warmed up to it a lot more so i'm kind of maybe the opposite where i'm thinking about it more and this is nothing this movie people are hailing this as dc's best movie <laughs> since mask of phantasm way back in what 93 or the dark knight I don't understand that. People really hyped up Aquaman too, and I didn't get that either. Up until this point, like I've been... They have their flaws, and I've talked about this numerous times, but I like the Zack Snyder aesthetic, whether or not the material works or not. Stylistically. eh, But stylistically, and the balls that it took for him to do that, and I wish WB would have just let him carry out his vision because now, over the weekend, he... They showed like uh, his movies, and he opened up about what Justice League would have been, and the story that they had mapped out. And it's it's a story you tell when you fully established everybody, especially with they, Superman is bad, and that is meaningless unless you set up who Superman is over a series of movies. But I gotta give Snyder props because they had a vision, and he just wasn't able to do it. So up until this point, I. I can't say that all these movies have been home runs for me, but I've liked Man of Steel, and I liked Batman v. Superman a lot. Wonder Woman's good. And Aquaman, it took me a second watch to like it. I still think it's bottom tier. It's poo-poo. <laughs> it's not poo-poo. Ooh! I'm just going to say that. But I, I, long story short is I really like this movie. I'm thinking about it more and more, and it's something... That I would be willing to go back in theaters and, and seeing again, because I th- I honestly think watching this again, it's gonna be, it's gonna get even better.
0: So you and I have had kind of the reverse experience of this film because coming out of the movie, I really liked it, and my grade then would have been much higher. We talked about recording right after seeing the movie. I'm glad too. we didn't. I'm you glad gotta, we uh, didn't You either. let
1: it marinate a little bit, and it it'll change a, your opinion one way or another.
0: And that's exactly what happened because I'm going with a flat B two.
1: That's not bad. What do you th- so you would have been in the A mar- in the A territory? I,
0: no joke. I was about to give it an A, bordering, and then no, nah, that that would be asinine. That's, I was going to say really an A naughty. plus, but there's no way I'd give it an A plus. I was I was legit considering giving it an A, but as soon as we got out.
1: The stuff that this movie does well, though, I think could catapult it really high. Oh, yeah. The the villain and all that stuff may be in the weak link, but there's a lot of really special things about this movie. And it's stuff that we, a lot of these comic book movies don't embrace, and we'll get into that maybe with our spoilers. I don't know if we want to go into that now.
0: Yeah, I think this is a good time to now deviate to the spoiler section. So fans out there who, obviously, if you did not catch this early screening... You may want to hold on this until you see it. Or if you're not that interested and you just want to hear what we have to say in spoilers, go ahead and give us a listen. Drew, there are a couple of things that I listed out for what I feel like works. Should we start right away with what works?
1: Let's do it. There's a lot in this movie that's really good. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? What, what's some of the stuff you really
0: love? So I've, got, I've narrowed, it, narrowed it down to three things. And... I will say first and foremost, I really liked this Kid is a Superhero story. Now, this, even though there are flaws, I thought that the movie provided a very fun, laughable experience, and they're wanting you to laugh. I didn't feel like any of that was forced. And this is something that we haven't really seen yet, not just from DC, but from any modern superhero stories i thought that was kind of a jolt of new experiences that for all audiences i i think that would be a great thing that will be embraced so i could see the audience score being high for shazam but i am surprised by the critics giving out, giving it all that praise also in, along the lines of that i will say that it's really funny and the jokes landed This is one of the few superhero movies, recently especially, because Captain Marvel, the jokes did not land with me, and Aquaman, jokes were just way too cheesy.
1: The jokes land with this one, but they really, um, they repeat a lot of these jokes throughout the movie, which becomes
0: tiresome. I'll have an asterisk on that as well. They were fun and funny, but there is a note and what didn't work and i will talk about that later my second thing i thought zach levi was a lot of fun in that role but once again he comes with kind of another note on what does not work so i think that casting the kids in addition to that i really enjoyed the kids especially the two main boys who played not only billy but also freddie freddie freeman Uh, The third thing, I will say that there were a lot of things that it got right on the technical filmmaking aspect, including the pace and editing.
1: I mean, I have a lot of the same praises uh, as you do. One thing you didn't mention, I think this movie does a rare thing where it actually gets better in the third act. Because late in this movie, we are introduced to the Shazam family, which consists of Billy and his foster siblings, and they all become superheroes. And I actually had this spoiled for me because I collect Funko Pop toys. Mm -hmm. And they released the Funko Pops for Shazam. And they include all of the Shazam family. And I was like, well, that basically tells me that these siblings are going to become superheroes, too, which they did. And my fear was that this was going to end up overstuffed like Aquaman. Aquaman Mm. was basically a trilogy stuffed into one movie, I thought. It's like eight movies in one. It was absurd. This movie manages to have this element, and it's still fantastic. And I really love seeing Adam Brody of the OC. Uh, You may remember, we talked about this after we saw it, uh, Brody was originally cast as Wally West in George Miller's Justice League Mortal movie that had Army Hammer in it. And days before it was set to start production, it got scrapped. So he was on the cusp of being in the DC universe or uh, in a DC film, and that didn't happen. So it's really fun to see him as the uh, superhero, superhero version of Freddie Freeman. And I, I love seeing Adam Brody
0: in this. He was a lot of fun. What did you think about the Shazam bit. family? Shazam family was a little over... Blo- it was bloated, I feel like. Really? Yeah. I've, because, I loved it. And it also... Now, don't get me wrong. I did enjoy the interaction with everyone, but I feel like there are a few characters who, and especially toward the end... During the big fight scene, when it's revealed that they become superheroes as well, the, there's a few that just disappear and you didn't know what happened to them. too. in which you specifically referenced after seeing the movie, I feel like the same kind of happens during the group home stuff where we only see bits of them. And it wasn't enough for me to get bothered by, but it just seemed like it was a little too big.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of these, some of the Shazam family. Freddie Freeman is obviously a big character, and uh, Darla is she steals a lot. of She's basically kind of the Flash of this movie. She's mm-hmm. real quick, and she has that innocence to her, kind of like Barry, or what r- reminds me of Barry. But yeah, the other three basically they transform, but they really don't. Con- they contribute to the fight, but the movie itself does not focus on them. Sure, the b- the big final fight. Uh, next, I'll say the uh, self-aware superhero. And I love the characters in this movie and the world they live in and, the, and how they embrace these characters like Superman and Wonder Woman. There, you see Wonder Woman and Flash costumes and toys at stores in the mall. Kids wear Batman backpacks, which is cool. And then there's Freddy. He knows and loves all these heroes. He wears shirts with their logos on their chest. He cuts out and collects newspaper clippings of their heroic things that they do Freddy is a lot of us and is actually how I would be if I lived in a world where Superman was a real thing. And Zachary Levi getting cast is pretty inspired because everyone, I remember when they're casting, first Shazam, everyone thought it was going to be a huge brute. Yeah. Like John Cena or The Rock. And instead they go with Zachary Levi, who weighs about as much as I do. Ooh. And uh, he does fantastic. He has such uh, sincerity to him. And then it's also really nice to have a superhero that embraces it and enjoys being very powerful because there's a lot of wish fulfillment to that, and we don't get enough of that. I think the last time we saw that was maybe Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. But even then, that's kind of different because we didn't get a full origin story with Peter Parker. So uh, this is a a refreshing change of pace.
0: Kind of going off of what you said, what worked, I will say in terms of what didn't work, Shazam's characters pushed the wackiness at times. There were moments where they did take certain jokes a little too far, just in terms of, especially for Shazam himself, with Levi being way too kind of overt in this childlike behavior. And there's a degree where you feel like they would not act as much like that toward the end of the movie, where you see a little bit of development with the character.
1: I have confusion, too, because Billy is not who Shazam is. Yeah. And if Billy's turning into Shazam, why is he suddenly this goofball? hmm Because Billy is... He's... Um, I mean, he's going through a lot in this movie, and Freddie Freeman is the comic relief. But when he turns into Shazam, he, he is like this child. Yeah. It was weird. It was a weird transformation where it, the two characters really kind of didn't align.
0: Freddie Freeman transforming into shazam would make a little more sense but not billy i like the element that it was the suit and it was as puffy as what it seemed to be when i originally watched the trailers i thought this looks awful but it makes sense why they ended up going with that
1: a the suit on the big screen there's a lot of detail i never noticed watching previews on my phone and computer or on the tv there's a lot of like, the Superman suit has a lot of detail when you mm-hmm. really kind of break it down. And this one is actually very cool. I love it. I love the white cape.
0: Yeah. and
1: They kind of, at one point, knock the costume to it, and he's yeah. like, I didn't have any control. This is just what it looks like. And I actually think it looks really awesome.
0: And that, that, that was a lot of fun. Like you said, kind of that self-aware. There are times for that, for his character, it becomes that. But, so the complaint for the characters being a little off for that in terms of pushing that wackiness. Second thing, no real villain here. I wasn't really scared of Mark Strong's character. I think that he posed a threat, obviously to Billy transforming into Shazam and this fact of like, Oh, now I've got this bad guy, but it really was having trouble. I think in the third act and trying to, be something more than just fighting the villain because we end up having this epic fight that it's this villain but basically seven of his cronies versus it's versus like seven other Shazams or seven total so that's one of those things that it didn't really break the mold but while watching it I didn't really mind it all that much
1: it's interesting because I have a way different complaint about the villain Okay. Because I actually think they do a good job of setting up the
0: villain. What is that? What's your complaint?
1: If you had told me this movie spends the first, I don't know, five or ten minutes setting up the villain of the movie, I would have said that sounds amazing. Yeah. And that it is awesome. Until Mark Strong shows up and all the life is sucked out of that character. Because as you said, I never felt like he, he has the power of the seven deadly sins in him. And they emerge as these monsters. I didn't feel like he was threatening and he's not fun. Yeah. He's so
0: boring. He plays it very straight, I feel.
1: I hated it. I people really hated Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor, but at mm-hmm. least that's a take. <laughs> that's something different. Savon Savano, he's just like this bland, bald, dirty diaper. Like I hated oh. it. I hate and Mark Strong is fine, but like he really bored me.
0: It was almost like you could feel part of the enthusiasm and this uphill kinetic energy that this film was producing. And it seemed to be going in that direction. And whenever Mark appeared on screen as the villain, it went down a few notches.
1: Yeah. You, you, you have arguably the most fun superhero that you could have in a movie. And the villain is on the complete other spectrum, which is why you do a sequel and you have the raucous Black Adam that's going to be a lot better because he can ham it up and have fun.
0: Right. My final complaint is the fact that, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I have not thought a lot about this movie after watching it. And it's that's something that's kind of bothered me in terms of if I really want to rewatch it, I'll think about it, which is what has happened with us, and we'll get into that later. But for this, after watching it, had so much fun. I'm like, man, that would be... Fun, fun to revisit some of those gags and some of the things like whenever they're having that superhero talk in the air and they're like a mile away and Shazam's like I can't hear you and some of those things will be fun to rewatch but it's really interesting because leading up to this film watching the trailers never really got me pumped for this movie but watching it really enjoyed it
1: I, I mean, I thought the action scenes were just okay. I didn't think there was anything very memorable. Sure. And the music is kind of a stinker, too. Uh, Benjamin Walfish did the music, and he did interesting work on it, and mm. he worked with uh, Hans Zimmer on Blade Runner 2049, which I really liked, but I thought the music was pretty bland. And then my last real big complaint, this movie's two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah. It, I mean, they... I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. But they could shave 15 minutes off of this thing.
0: Definitely. It didn't really feel that long. But 212...
1: Yeah, I, mean, I felt like it kind of like dragged a little bit until the Shazam family was introduced. And then, I, and then I was had a little pep in my step again. Sure.
0: So what is the movie MVP here? Mine is Freddie Freeman. I just loved that character. I did too. I, I honestly feel like anytime he spoke any like that is it also reminded me of a best friend whenever you're growing up you've got someone who's obsessing over something and there's a good friend of mine that he would always talk about basketball and this is growing up in the Jordan era and he was so Happy to talk about anything basketball-related and got me into basketball because of that reason and to watch the NBA. So Freddie reminded me of that aspect, and that I really liked because there was that relatable, that I was able to relate to not just Billy being in that role of a friend, being so excited, that you learn things from that friend. And Freddie... Because of that reason, gets the MVP, and he just acted very well.
1: Yeah, he's fun. I think mine would be just the whole wish fulfillment
0: aspect, and
1: uh, just get, having the chance to to live out being a superhero. Why? Like, who wouldn't want that? I loved. I like Freddie because Freddie is posing questions that anybody growing up and even now it's like, would you rather be able to fly or go invisible? Like these are all questions <laughs> we have thought about and. Have had fun thinking about and up until this point in this universe everyone is so sad to be superman or they or batman batman and their their life is ruined because they have they don't have to avenge something that they can't uh rectify i don't know it's nice to have somebody in a movie that feels like me
0: so where does this rank on your rewatchability is it high is it low is it somewhere in between
1: I would say it is going it's going to be um, maybe not something I want to go back to immediately uh, I would see it again in theaters but usually I don't see anything more than once but when this is ever out when this comes out on uh, Blu-ray it's uh, It's uh, I'm going to pick it up that week and watch it
0: immediately Yeah, I'll say that it's medium it's right in the middle like it's definitely I feel like not hard. You're high. gonna see this again and like it
1: more. That's kind of like how I was with Aquaman.
0: When it comes, I still
1: see flaws, though. That's flawed in a different way.
0: Yeah, that is definitely something. If you, if we were to compare Aquaman and Shazam, by the way, is that one of your questions that you have coming up? I don't. So if we were to compare those, I would say hands down, see Shazam over Aquaman. Like you don't get the love for Aquaman. If you do that's great i'm glad that you were able to really enjoy it but i just was not on that same level that playing field of those who really loved aquaman
1: i think if you really liked aquaman though you're going to really like this
0: huh that's interesting
1: because they're both light and fluffy and this True. is a, this is a bold new direction for the dceu
0: that that's that's a good point point. and if you liked man of steel cool. will you really hate this
1: no, because I really liked Man of Steel, and I didn't hate this. Ooh, I just don't think technically it's on par with what Zack Snyder can do, and that's just my opinion. Don't don't, don't yell at me, please.
0: So, would you have liked to have seen Zack Snyder touch Shazam? Is it the same script?
1: Sure. Then yes, it would look amazing. I, I, I nothing against Sandberg, but I don't think. I was never quite... There's one shot, and it's in the previews, where Billy is on top of a roof, like a skyscraper, and he, he jumps off, screams Shazam, and then flies away. Mm-hmm. And that that's amazing. That yeah. looks fantastic. But I was never quite blown away by how this movie looked. And it doesn't look cheap by any stretch, but there's a, there's a style to Snyder that mm-hmm. I love. I don't know. I'm going to get off the whole Zack Snyder thing. I'm not going to bring that up because people get so mad. Ooh. But let's do something. We've never done this before. We're thinking, and let's say five, six years down the line, I bring up Shazam, and it gets you kind of thinking. You're like, man, I'm going to go to YouTube. I, I want to look up this scene. It's, it's the YouTube moment. What is your YouTube moment for Shazam? What are you going to search for?
0: The training montage.
1: It's a fun montage with a different song than I expected. Yeah,
0: that was very... Very different, and they bring out once again Queens Don't Stop Me Now. Love that song, that's my favorite Queens song.
1: That's your favorite Queens song? Yep,
0: hands down.
1: I don't know if I have one.
0: If I am ever needing an extra little umph while I'm listening to music and I'm running, I will put on Queens Don't Stop Me Now.
1: It, it is odd though, isn't one of the lyrics about being a sex machine? Yeah. And uh, we hear that while he's punching walls and stuff. And Shazam. Yeah, I enjoyed that song, too. Did you notice I kinda,
0: they that out?
1: No, they did not bleep that out because it caught my caught my <laughs> ear. Uh, in, the, in the previews, it's, it's a Kendrick Lamar track, which I think fits well. But mine is maybe a little out of left field, and it's actually not in the movie. It is the end credits animation. That's it's, cool. It's, it's like this cartoon uh, comic book illustration with all the cast and crew and all that stuff. And it's uh, bringing in all the DC characters that we know and love, and I thought that was quite amazing.
0: So I'm really glad you brought that up because I have been dying to ask you: Would a movie that is a full-length film created in the image of the end credit scene would that be a good movie? Do you think? Would you like to see a movie like that? I know we got. End of the Spider-Verse, which used many different types of animation. But if they used that, which was in end credits for this, would you see that? Do you think oh, it would yeah. be done?
1: I thought the artwork was great. One thing, kind of going back to the movie, uh, I, see, I saw Wonder Woman stuff. There's a Flash costume. Billy has Aquaman shirts. He has a Superman shirt. They mentioned Superman, a bullet that hit Superman. We have Batman backpacks. The one character that I didn't see anywhere in this movie is Cyborg. Yeah. Did you spot any Cyborg stuff that I miss?
0: I was looking for that, but I did not notice any of that. <sighs>
1: Poor Ray Fisher.
0: I know. He's being left out. Maybe he's not born yet.
1: Yeah, he yeah, would he have. Yeah, he is takes place after Justice League. Oh, can we talk about something real quick? Yeah.
0: Was it that final end credit scene?
1: No, it's the very end or of the movie. We get we get a cameo from a Justice League member, <laughs> and the cameo is Superman. But apparently, because of all this behind the scenes drama, it's shot from the neck down. We see the yep. super, we see Superman from the neck down, no Henry Cavill face. This is such a missed opportunity. So dumb. The rumor is that Cavill either wants more control of the character, which I don't blame him after Justice League, he maybe wants some more money, which again, I don't blame him. Superman is the face of the DC universe should be. And they apparently don't want to pay him what he wants. Pay the man what he wants. This is so stupid. It's a cameo.
0: It's a cameo too.
1: I would have that would it's I would have been over the moon if I saw Henry Cavill and I would have I would have been telling everybody I saw to go see this movie. You have to go see this movie. And instead, I I was left groaning, audibly groaning
0: in disappointment. The other thing is they're using the same costume that Cavill wears. So why not show him in that? It's literally three seconds, if that. I don't get it.
1: It's It was a huge disappointment.
0: I agree. You want to do a little uh, Tintin questions? Yeah. So now let's break out our mascot, Tintin, which is a tin cup. And we will shake up ten ten to pull out random questions that Drew and I have come up with. And why don't you go first?
1: Pass the cup over here.
0: You've Oh, this is a big one. What's this? Wow, this is a thick one. <laughs> I wonder if this is going, going to be like a I didn't know they could get this thick. All right, question a, a number banger. one.
1: Oh, God, Lord, this is a big one. Which superhero do you think DC should keep if they could only keep one? Henry Cavill, Superman, or Zach Levi's Shazam? Woo! You know the answer I'm going to say. No, Henry Cavill. <laughs> Nobody tops Henry Cavill. And the fact that we're not even doing a Man of Steel 2 at the moment is truly asinine. And <laughs> I said, I don't know if you remember this, I said if Cavill is really out of Superman, that is the last straw and I'm done with this this entire universe. So this might be my last. I don't know. I really want to see Birds of Prey, so that really pisses me off,
0: though. You'll you'll stick around, but honestly, I could see Cavill's done. That's my that's my take on it.
1: He's well. Th- I think this is the biggest sign that he's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. With that being the case, Levi has room to grow. Him. That character has room to expand. So does Superman, but it's been mishandled so much. That I would go with Shazam in this case. I mean, give
1: me a world where yeah. they, both these characters exist.
0: How hard is that?
1: We're never gonna see Henry Cavill again. It's, it's gonna yeah. be one of
0: the biggest waste. Speaking of, this is a great transition question. Who would win in a fight, Shazam or Batman?
1: Shazam. Ooh, There's no question.
0: <laughs> yeah. Unless Batson en- ended up suiting up with the same suit that he wore during BBS.
1: That wouldn't do anything, because Shazam would beat Superman. Question number three, Shazam and Aquaman take big steps toward taking the DCEU into a brighter, more fun direction. Do you like that decision?
0: Yes, but I feel like Aquaman went in some directions that I was kind of confused by in terms of... It just, overall, it seemed to... Navigate the world in a clunkier way than Shazam. If it's direct...
1: It's because there's too much in that movie.
0: Yeah. But if it's like Shazam and we have a more direct path, I would say yes, for Shazam. For Aquaman,
1: eh. I just don't see why we can't do both. Batman is not like Shazam, and if you can't make Batman fun. That's why you have characters like That's Shazam true. and you're supposed to be with Superman, where you can... ...have all these different genres in a universe that's together. Yeah,
0: I that that's actually a good point. I, I would agree with that. There just is a way of, I think, navigating that world, and DC has had a very difficult time of doing so. So, next question. Would you be happier or more excited if Shazam used Eye of the Tiger... During the training montage, instead of Queens, don't stop me now.
1: I actually think I would have enjoyed that more. Uh, since it takes place in Philadelphia, doesn't that make sense? And they have a Rocky reference. Yes. That's why... Uh, I love that. I almost... You were too down away from me during the movie, but when they mentioned Rocky, one I knew it, and so I was like, those are the Rocky steps. I call them the Rocky steps. I know that's not actually what
0: it is. I do, too. But I was like...
1: Rocky, so Rocky is in this universe too. I love it.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. I wish, wish, Sliced alone made a cameo in this, and I know that boils down to, or would it be a studio issue? Because I, I can't remember what um, Rocky is and what studio, the the studio has it. But oh man, that would have been great to see Rocco. Rocco, maybe. Polly also following up with a stare.
1: All right, next question. Is this the best movie in the DC Extended Universe? And it's that time again. Let's re rank. So,
0: this is what I like to call my rapid fire ranking of the D- DCEU. Is it so? It's not, there's so much confusion. It's no longer the DCEU, right? That's dead. They say it was
1: never the DCEU, but we're calling it that. Okay. We're calling it that.
0: Quality Check is defining it as the DCEU. Right now, I'm going to start. I mean, it should
1: just be the DC universe, but that's already a thing. True. So.
0: Yeah. So I'm starting at the bottom from seven to one. Rapid fire. Here Hit we me. go. Hit me. Man of Steel.
1: Oh my God. Uh- <laughs> 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 that, that better not be what it really is because that's truly stupid.
0: I'm going with. <laughs> <laughs> the real ranking is at the bottom Aquaman. Right above that Man of Steel. Ugh. Above that Suicide Squad, Justice League, Shazam sitting at number 3, Batman versus Superman, then Wonder Woman.
1: All right, number 7 Suicide Squad.
0: <laughs> number Did, question before you continue. Have you recently returned to
1: Suicide Squad? It's been it's been it's been it's on TNT probably every other hour, and every once in a while I'll turn it on. But I haven't sat down and watched it front to back. And I don't know, whenever the Blu-ray came out, so probably last year, early last year.
0: Okay, that's that's all I wanted. I would
1: watch it again. It's still diarrhea, but I would watch it again at some point. So
0: no joke. The way I've rated these and ranked them is based on. If I will return to them, how likely it is that I will return to them, and have I been thinking about them? So I
1: mean, that's kind of how I how. do it. Where it's like, if I had these all lined up, what's the? I mean, it's it's kind of what do I think about the movie, and then like if they're kind of close, I'm like, which would I rather watch? Sure. So so number seven, Suicide Squad. Number six, Justice League. <sighs> number um, five, Aquaman. Number four, Shazam. Number three, Man of Steel. Number two, Wonder Woman. And number one for me still, I love Batman versus Superman. BVS, baby. I love it.
0: You know, I've wanted to return to that, but watch the director's cut, which I've never seen. It rules. The Snyder director's cut. I love, I also need to do that with Watchmen. But
1: that's that's yeah, I did that a couple weeks ago.
0: We were texting about that. I need to do that. I've I've been talking about it. I love it. Next question. The movie takes place in Philadelphia, and within one night of becoming Shazam, he spots a woman getting mugged in the park and two masked gummen robbing a convenience store. What's the deal?
1: I don't I don't want to go to Philly.
0: (laughs) Oh, Was going to say, yeah, it's just a high crime rate. That's I mean, <laughs> it, it's,
1: it's the place where Fresh Prince was chilling out, Max and relaxing, all cool. And <laughs> he ended up getting in trouble on having to having to scoot to Bel Air. So
0: that's the reason why
1: I it, what. So you bring that up. A woman's getting mugged in the park, and I, I listen. We work in news. We hear the scanners. Crime happens all the time. A woman gets mugged in the park. Later that night, they go to a convenience store that's robbed. I, I, I'm i rolling my eyes. Come on, guys. <sighs> really? You're just going to stumble on crime all night long? All it's night long. So li- stupid.
0: And the city of brotherly love where Creed is kicking butt.
1: Man, we need to revisit Creed, too.
0: Yeah. I, I need to watch that. You recently got that. But we got Rocco, Rocky, and Creed and Philly. I hope we get to see them in the sequel to Shazam.
1: Do you think Shazam would save Polly from drinking so much? If what do you think about Shazam and and Freddie chugging beer
0: uh, and them spitting it out? I was astonished in the first place that there were like seven different. Levels of PBR in that Ooh, fridge.
1: I had my first PBR after we watched Shazam, You're people. <laughs> I want you to know that.
0: Because of that?
1: No, it was, well, yes. And, and because of uh, the beach bum, but... Moondog. That's, that's for
0: another... Uh, did you want to spit out PBR, just like how they spit out that beer? I did. actually,
1: PBR. the first sip I took, I go, man, this is really watery. And i like, it's okay. But then, you know what? I enjoyed it. I'm going to buy sipping.
0: some more. Uh, that was kind of weird, but... It makes sense. I thought that was a funny one-and-done gag. What? The beer. Winner. Oh, yeah.
1: So they they drink beer, and at one point, they zap an ATM, and they're taking cash. Yeah. These kids are awful. That Shazam's was great. a
0: sinner. They got to pay for it all.
1: Next question. Having Billy be a teen or a preteen is fun, but down the road, would you be interested in seeing them focus on a mature Billy, say, in his 50s and 60s? Who transforms into Shazam.
0: It's like Logan. Old man Logan. Yeah, I would. Because it'd be interesting to see, all right, we've got this kid now trying to figure out how to harness this power, what to do, how to make money, how to become famous. What if he's then at that point, 50s or 60s, old, walking around with a cane. Maybe he's been beaten up a little bit and he's had all this fame. Maybe it's the whole Rocky story, like what happened with Rocky. He loses all of his finances because of a, oh. a cousin named Polly.
1: <laughs> Have you read uh, Frank Miller's "The Dark Knight Strikes Again"?
0: No, but I've really wanted to.
1: Because uh, in that version, Shazam is old, and he has glasses, and it's said that Billy Batson has passed away from cancer, and he, so he has to, he has to stay Shazam. And uh, so like his dying words were Shazam and he transforms and then his Billy Batson passes away. And I love the idea that what Frank Miller does with those where the characters are old, which is why I love the idea of Ben Affleck as Batman, because we never get to see an old Batman. I like a beat up superhero.
0: So that's
1: one of the if you read that, it's really interesting.
0: is, Is Shazam that character then an old Shazam or does he stay the same age?
1: I, I think it's depending on the writer, but um, I think if you say Ash Shazam, you age as Shazam. Okay. If you go to Billy, you age as Billy. So if he went back to Billy, I would imagine he would be young. Hmm. That, that I like the idea that years could go by, he could be Shazam and then come back to Billy and he's, he's still a, an 11-year-old kid. Hmm. But I love the fr- The Dark Knight Strikes Again is really interesting. with what th- I love the idea that Billy has passed away. And Shazam lives on.
0: Yeah, I like that. That that would be cool to see, especially with the older superheroes. I know Logan did that well. I think this is going to end up becoming a trend eventually. What
1: if Matt? What if Matt Reeves hires Clint Eastwood as the next Batman? He's really decrepit.
0: That would honestly be amazing. And he's shouting racial slurs. What honestly? I'm. What if that happens? And it's young Batman and then old Batman. Why would have, you like yeah, to
1: see that? The, People kind of groaned when this was the rumor, but to to kind of pass the torch on to the next Batman is you book in the movie, you book end the movie with Ben Affleck, and then the middle portion is a a prequel, essentially, with the young Batman. That's a way you could have both. uh, I wonder if Affleck would be game for that. Because he doesn't have to be Batman. He's just Bruce Wayne.
0: But they never use his face. (laughs) (laughs) They just show him from the neck down. Yeah. All right. Next question. If you were Billy. Uh-huh. Would you try and pull a Josh Baskin by <laughs> transforming into an adult and banging some babes? You bet I would. Josh Bean.
1: Josh Baskin's from the movie the, the the Beloved Comedy Big, starring Tom Hanks.
0: That is... Smashing Poon. That honestly would end up being something that's that will end up coming up later in this podcast. What? That's, yeah. I'm serious. So... To answer that question, would I do that? Yeah. If I were Billy and I'm obviously young and not able to, uh, uh, my game's not quite that strong, you bet.
1: Billy's not, I mean, he's he's not like some dorky kid like Freeman. I think he can yeah. uh, hold his own on women, but I think he would take advantage of it and try to, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The the mid-credits scene features Mr. Mind, who is an evil telepathic space worm who uses a talk box to to communicate. What do you think the average moviegoer is going to think?
0: What is up with this caterpillar? That's honestly what, because I had no idea who that was. And I was really anxious on having this and recording this podcast because I wanted to talk to you about that.
1: I had no idea. What's fun is Mr. Mind is so it's this cat, this evil caterpillar, but at the very beginning of the movie, when we're introduced to Savannah, we see Mr. Mind
0: and his real form.
1: No, he's always a worm. He's okay. a worm from Venus.
0: So he's never been like transformed. He just he's basically like ego, in a sense. Yeah, a little a little uh, a little wormy. A little worm that could be smashed. Now.
1: I like I like that Mr. Mind is in the uh, mid credit scene, but I, he's talking to Savannah, and I'm just like, give me a different villain, please. Because uh. <laughs> if you two are teaming up, I don't want to see Savannah back. It's official. <laughs> it's, is it my turn? There,
0: to oh, it's your turn. Yeah, one last question. Yeah, that's uh, they're they're definitely alluding to a big team up there.
1: Question number twenty three.
0: WB has made four movies. Ooh. Well, they're in development, I should say. WB has four movies in development or on the way. Wonder Woman 2, 1984. Birds of Prey. The Suicide Squad. And Aquaman 2. What are you looking forward to the most? And what movie, not in development, do you really want to see? Birds, Birds of Prey. That's your most anticipated. Birds of Prey.
1: And then give me a freaking Superman, too. You know what? Actually, ignore everything I just said. I want the Flash.
0: But with Ezra Miller.
1: I liked Ezra Miller, so sure.
0: And the quick note on that, because I was reading a recent article, a news article on that. Ezra's writing the script, trying to stay in that role of the Flash. He's doing everything he can to keep his way
1: I, apparently the rumor is him and wb have dividing uh, ideas of where they should go ezra apparently wants it a little darker and then the people doing it wanted it a little lighter like what they've been doing with game night and spider-man homecoming so ezra miller's teaming up with grant morrison who is an acclaimed comic writer and they have written apparently their own screenplay because i think it was turned in i don't know but Grant Morrison does not write dark material usually. So it's kind of in I think I think Ezra maybe wants it more serious, but I don't think dark is the right word. I think hmm. he's into the kind of the science behind Flash because oh, okay. if you hear him talk about it way before Batman v- versus Superman came out, he talked with MTV about the Flash and he knows what he's talking about. He knows the character. So, I'm all for it. I liked I the the Joss Whedon stuff in Justice League that he did with Flash is atrocious, but <laughs> I really liked um, the Snyder take on on Barry a little bit. So just I just want some continuity. Yeah, Wait, is that the right word?
0: Yeah. To be, that sounds weird. Well, something that's basically also connecting all of them. You're you're hoping that
1: you which keep uh, losing actors. That would be three, three yeah. of your Justice League members, and they're not doing cyborg again. So you really only got Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and then whatever else they do here. I guess you have Harley Quinn, but that's sad about Cy- Cyborg.
0: I'd actually, I like Cyborg. Rewatching that movie, I really—he's probably my favorite part. So he's, I'll go ahead and throw that in the ring. That's not in development, but I'd like to see that movie—a Cyborg standalone film.
1: It was in development. It was supposed to come out in 2020.
0: So is it? But it's no longer oh, on the docket, sure there, it's right? Dead. So I would love to see a cyborg standalone film. Of those two that are in development, or of those four, the, there are two that I really like to see. I like to see Birds of Prey, but it's really close. It's honestly a tie with seeing James Gunn version of the Suicide Squad.
1: I'm really super excited for all the all of them, minus Aquaman.
0: The Suicide
1: yeah. Squad is intriguing because of James Gunn, and they hired. Idris Elba to replace Will Smith that's fantastic that's th- that's incredible news
0: yeah, I I agree Elba's going to bring so much fun and enthusiasm to that role I'm pumped
1: nothing of any comic book movie coming out or in development nothing has me more excited than Birds of Prey there's just so many characters that they're introducing with like Huntress and Black Mask that I love and I cannot wait to see them on
0: and, and On screen. Didn't you know, under the radar, they already have a prequel to Birds of Prey. That's not Suicide Squad. What? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Woo!
1: Harley still looks good from the 60s to now.
0: Yeah. But she's changed her looks a little bit. Okay. So, Drew, are you ready for the upcoming edition of The Movie Review Game? I forgot about this game and I hate it so much. So, we're doing it for Shazam. There are currently 57 reviews that are in from critics on Shazam. And this game, the movie review game, as teased earlier, is where I will present four reviews to Drew. One is fake. Drew must spot the fake. He will win if he spots the fake. If not, He owes me five movie tickets. (laughs) Oh, I'm not good at this game. So here we go. You ready? Yep. I don't
1: think, I honestly don't think I've ever won. This? I'm pretty confident I've never won this game.
0: This is going to be an interesting round because I actually have faith that you can find this. I kept these short. And you think that it starts with a trend and I'm going to do a switcher room. So just a heads up. So here we go. Movie review game. Review number one Plays like a cross between Big and Superman.
1: Okay, that seems real.
0: Two Shazam is as blandly presentational as a market research PowerPoint.
1: That's worded strange, but okay.
0: Three Fun but fails to soar among DC's best superhero films.
1: Four. I like the way that I like that one.
0: An upbeat superhero movie that feels young at heart. Hmm. Would you like me to reread any of them?
1: What was number two?
0: Number two, Shazam is a blandly presentational. Is as blandly presentational as a market research PowerPoint.
1: I'm gonna say that one is
0: real. What was number one? Number one. Plays like a cross between Big and Superman.
1: That seems real, too, but it also seems really obvious. Hmm. The The one that sticks out to most, sticks out most to me, is number four. What is number four? An
0: upbeat superhero movie that feels young at heart.
1: Oh, my gosh. That seems real, too. I'm going to say number three.
0: Are you locking it in? Yeah. Final answer. Uh huh. You have picked correctly.
1: Yes! Yes!
0: <laughs> the first time of winning this round of the movie review game. That's actually how I would end up describing. That would be like my one-liner, and after thinking about it, I wrote that in front of you. So obviously, I can't do that. That's your recipe of stumping me when you write the movie review game.
1: I feel awesome right now.
0: So you I'm got on it. A
1: streak because I've stumped you twice. So you stumped no, I just me. Nailed up. this one.
0: Yeah. So Oof, is this good. starting to change your mind on the movie review no, game? No, I now. hate this game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: I like writing it for you. I don't like doing it myself. That's why honestly I felt. My voice that hurt. <laughs> you destroyed your your vocal cords. You're bleeding. Your mouth is bleeding right now. It's like,
1: so, I to, it's like how I used to scream into that pillow because I was so angry.
0: You would get so mad about our shows and you would yell into a pillow. Uh, so I actually had faith you would get it because looking at these reviews, there aren't a lot, but I was going through I'm like, all right, let me see. And then I had this one liner, which I wrote up, And after going back, I thought, I may change it. I'm like, yeah, I don't want it to be too wacky. I'm just going to try to go right in the middle. So, that's it.
1: And we never have to play again.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Retiring the movie review game like Ben Affleck from Batman.
1: I'm pulling a Ben Affleck.
0: You're just done. You're going to appear on Jimmy Kimmel and say, Kimmel, we're done.
1: I'm pulling a Jackson Maine.
0: So... Drew, do you have any other thoughts on Shazam before we move on to another big movie topic? God, what do we got to talk about now? I'm tired. So, lastly, we don't have a lot, but Us is Jordan Peele's second directing film. He wrote and directed this film, which tells the story of a family's vacation turned into chaos once their doppelgangers show up and start terrorizing them. So, what were your overall thoughts? This movie's making a killing at the box office, more than 70 million in the opening weekend. It's great for me. It's great for you because of the summer movie fantasy draft.
1: I'm already up 70 million
0: to zip. You're up. But I feel
1: like this is going to nosedive in
0: week two. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Not necessarily no dub but it's going to take a major dip.
1: I mean, it always takes a dip from week to week, usually. From number one week to number two. This one, I described, I think I talked to you about this. If Get Out, let's say we're in the future and Jordan Peele's done 12 movies. Sure. And we're looking back on his filmography. Get Out is the one that everyone remembers as being a huge crowd-pleaser. Mm-hmm made a ton of money, got a lot of buzz. Jordan Peele got an Oscar for it. And then I think people will look back on us as like the, the dark follow-up, the divisive dark follow-up that a very small group of people will praise and claim that it's Jordan Peele's best film, even if they don't believe it. They just want to be the contrarian. That's how what I feel like with us, that it's not a bad movie, but I don't necessarily understand a lot of the hype. And after it ended, I think I turned to you. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I really love that. Yeah. Disappointment is not the right word, but it. I was never blown away. Um, a lot of the movie elements. of The uh, are we talking spoilers here?
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you have not seen Us, heads up. I mean, you would be listening spoilers. now because we've already told you not to
1: listen because of spoilers. The the big twist uh, we we come to find out that the doppelgangers in this movie are I guess clones living in mm-hmm. the subway system and, sure. and they are if I'm up here heating up a hot dog they're down in the subway systems essentially miming whatever Pretending. I'm doing yeah and they're wearing similar clothes and they're none of it made sense to me how how who's dressing these people <laughs> at one point the main character is young she's at a carnival, she wins a T-shirt and that her father then gives to her at the carnival, and then we, we get the same shot in the carnival down below in the subway, and they got a shirt that's given to this clone person. I'm like, how do they have a shirt? I, none of this makes any sense to me. The movie elements didn't didn't... I can't wrap my head around it.
0: There were definitely a lot of things like that in the very beginning. So um, I did not tell you this. And this isn't going to be necessarily like a big surprise, but so I went to see this a second time. What? With my dad, because my dad oh, was right. highly anticipating it, wanted to see him. I'll say getting out of the theater, as soon as it ended, my dad turned to me and he's like, did not like it.
1: It's going to be divisive.
0: And and we, we talked about that. I got my dad's thoughts on that because I'm like, why did you not like it? Because after watching it a second time, I ended up having a very different thought. And it's not necessarily the fact that I changed greatly. But my initial thought, my initial reaction after we saw it, I turned to you, I was torn. I was literally, that's the best way I could describe it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was torn right in the middle because I'm like, hmm, this is being billed by one of the critics who's loving and praising this film as, quote-unquote, the best horror film ever. I don't get that. I don't agree with that. I don't get it either. That's why my dad was so upset about it, because he's like, this is not a horror film. He's like, it takes horror elements. They end up taking some of these things, but it ends up going in a, a uh, direction. It's,
1: it's sci-fi thriller, which is fine. It's not, I mean we've talked about this, it's not scary in any way. I was never, right. there's no, like, jump scares. It's not, it doesn't, Peel doesn't use that. And that's not a knock on it. It's just not a scary movie.
0: Yeah. And so after seeing it the second time, I really liked it.
1: Yeah, I this is a movie you have to say see three or four times. I feel like to really digest not only what Peel is saying, but it's always easier going into a movie like this and in knowing everything because then you can kind of the stuff that's bugging me now which sure. is just stupid anyway. I'm going to be able to
0: ignore those things. And that's where I got after watching the film. There's a lot to unpack, but once you start picking it apart, some of those things you're able to overlook. I got that way, but there were just in general some things about this film that to me made it a really good movie. First and foremost, it's something that I thought long about about long after the credits rolled. It's one of those movies that I love going to see in the theater because it makes me want to go back and rewatch it to see the things I missed, to see the detail, to try to better understand some of the metaphors that have been described. But here's the other great way I'd describe this film it seems like an extended episode of The Twilight Zone.
1: Yeah, I did that too. Is, is these movies, everything that Peel's doing, is we're able to watch these, and uh, it's like kind of going back to when we talked about Sahara, where maybe one movie isn't good, but you do another one, and these are basically feature-length Twilight Zone episodes. So maybe us didn't grip me, but I know he's he's going to have another idea that he's going to put out, and maybe that one knocks my socks off.
0: So there are a couple of thoughts upon. This interesting, thing. you know, yeah. he's
1: doing the Twilight Zone. Did you know that? What? story
0: who's narrating
1: rob schneider
0: <laughs> if he did it i think i would boycott all media forever so one thing that i got upon rewatch i love the tunnel idea i love that from the very beginning this idea that there are people living underground it almost brings to me this essence of a b movie that peel has described in the past One that comes to mind is Escape from New York. There are people living underground. Chud. Yeah. Which which is is
1: on a VHS tape in the movie.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those that, truthfully, that entire setup is so cool. But I did not like the text at the very beginning.
1: I was thinking that, too. But this is the thing. If we don't have the text, I didn't know that. So I would just be like, oh, that's weird. They're just in a subway.
0: Yeah, so, and that
1: kind of explains how this would be happening across the country.
0: So upon the second viewing, I was okay with that. I, in the very beginning, I'm like, I do not like that because it gives it away. Not only does it give, it a, give away the fact that they're underground, it gives away this idea that there are more doppelgangers. As soon as I read that, I'm like, there are going to be more. It's a mass I didn't army get of them. that. I and as soon as as soon as that popped up, I'm like, all right, so where we're going with this is my mind went, there are either this War of the Worlds, they're living under us, and they're aliens, they're clones, they're something. And whenever the scene that I will describe here later and explain why I feel like it may be the greatest scene in the movie, was um, the home invasion with Elizabeth Moss and her family that I was not as surprised but like awesome there are not just the doppelgangers of this family from Addie and Gabe and, and their kids but we also have this other family so that means everyone's got a doppelganger and they're starting this uprising they're starting to revolt love the idea so that
1: but I wonder when that started
0: I have, honestly, a thought on what, in my mind, I feel like I would have ended up liking this movie a little bit better that would have kind of cleared some of that stuff up. So I love that this is being dubbed as metaphor galore. And also, you watch it. There are just so many different ways to interpret this movie. Love that. The fact that it's like this meaning for an underclass uprising... Things taken for granted, like Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss and her family and how they're always bickering, but how they're not really happy with their lives. This idea that we can be the monsters and have a dark underside. And this is a representation of the turmoil happening in America. This idea of, you know, this unrest. The one thing I will say... I felt like the bigger twist was that there were more tethered opening that world up than the fact that Lapita's character, Addie, was really dead. She was the one who had swapped bodies with Red, and Red, the doppelganger, was living her life. That was not a twist. I did not see that really, because toward the beginning, I'm like, I bet they're going with this direction. Because Addie or Lapita seemed off in the very beginning of this film. Did you catch that as well? Did it seem like she was off?
1: Yeah, just... but a lot of the movie is them going to the beach, which she is haunted by from what happens when she gets lost. So that makes sense.
0: And I'm also wondering, do the doppelgangers only kill their versions? Because
1: That's what I assumed.
0: Elizabeth Mott's doppelganger did not kill Red, technically, or Lapita. And so I wondered if it was due to that. And she was starting to carve her face off so that she gets rid of that.
1: She, like, couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, lasting thought. This is what I had to say in terms of what could have made it better. What if Addie and Red did not swap but instead, in the House of Mirrors, Addie was talking to her and she basically is like, Who are you? And Red couldn't speak to her. And she's then maybe she says like one or two things. She takes off running, they never swap. Red is obsessed with finding out who this is that she goes up to the surface, learns the ways of others living above the surface, takes, whether it be clothes, gets some kind of. An ability to to speak where it's just learning how to speak and then she's driven to then lead this uprising i think that would have provided something that was uh, maybe a little bit better
1: i like the idea though that this thing that's been living underground goes to the surface and is forced to basically acclimate and learn There's something creepy and then the people around her have no idea what she is and they're around this uh, actually kind of very scary thing that they end up raising and she becomes a member of society. I think there's something very scary about that. I don't think that's meant to be a twist because I think it's obvious or maybe we're just tuned to try to figure everything out immediately or, or look for a twist. I like the idea. I just think that's a very scary idea.
0: And that's uh, after watching it a second time, I felt like I'm more okay with that. I still like this idea of Addie and Red not swapping. But at the same time, I do find not only that, but also below ground. This girl, her life is now gone because of Mm -hmm. having to go through all of this. And she,
1: she essentially reverses where she... Do we see her talk to her mom and dad?
0: No, never.
1: Because it's interesting. She's quiet and then she goes underground, spends basically decades there, and emerges again. Mm-hmm. And she can communicate, but it's just she, it's like this weird, archaic kind of speak as if she did, she learned from the underground. So it's interesting that she digressed um, there. I don't know. This is something I need. You have to see this several times because there's so much to unpack, which is why me having negative thoughts it's i i know i'll watch again and i'll follow i don't think it's as good as get out and i don't think i'll ever yeah. think that and there are elements that i like this isn't a maybe routine horror film but there are a lot of aspects of the horror genre in this one that i really like and um i think it's another it's it, it's another win for jordan peele Definitely. I mean, the guy can stage scenes very well. He ten shoots ten, everything sure. very well. He gets fantastic performances basically out of everyone. I thought maybe the boy in this movie wasn't that good. I found him kind of distracting, but like Lupita is incredible.
0: And Winston, Winston Duke is
1: really good. I thought Elizabeth Moss and uh, Tim, is it Heidecker? Mm-hmm. Both are good. Mm-hmm. So. Jordan Peele knows what he's doing, and we often complain that there's nothing original out there. And then when people do ambitious stuff, we snub it or we think it's too weird. So I like that he swings for the fences, and I don't think it's a home run, but it's a solid. I don't know, triple.
0: It's a solid sophomore, yeah.
1: It's a triple. It's a it's a good follow up. It's just Get Out was really good.
0: Yeah, that I agree. That is just that kind of has a special place. Get Out. Here's the the final twist that I will bring up. It was brought up. Actually, I've stumbled upon this online. And I wanted to say this to you to get what your thoughts are. Because we have not talked about this. Jason the son is the doppelganger for a year. Because Winston Duke at the beginning of the film says that Jason has not seemed or acted the same since grandmother died a year ago when they went to the beach. So... Was Jason also swapped for the other doppelganger?
1: But that wouldn't explain the doppelganger. Who the little boy is?
0: Because he's
1: burned and can't
0: speak. Yeah. Why would he
1: not? Why would he suddenly not know how?
0: And so that's the other element. And what? I think
1: that's just the idea of going back to Lupita's character is that what a trauma can do to somebody. Sure. And how it affects their life moving forward. In this case, we think she's just acting a certain way because of what happened to her in her past, when in reality it's completely flipped. And it is because of what happened in the past. But I think that's the idea, is just the circumstances that can change a person.
0: One thing that I noticed, and it stood out more so on the second viewing, is Lapita's character is trying to communicate with Neptune, or the son who's burned, the doppelganger. She... Gets out of the car and try. She's trying to negotiate with him, as if she doesn't want him to die. Is that because she knows that he's swapped, that he ended up being swapped, or the fact that he's a child and she doesn't want to kill him? She wants him to simply just go away. Why do you Hmm. think that's the case?
1: I don't think he's swapped. I'm not going with that theory.
0: I I don't like it. I think that's a very interesting. You can't have people.
1: Why would so two people in a family were swapped? That's not. You can't do that.
0: And. After after hearing I like the theory. It's definitely a fun thing to think about, but I kind of agree that it's it's more it's eerie. It's too
1: coincidental. It doesn't work.
0: But it's also more eerie if this family's then left, especially Jason, if he grows up wondering is my mom the real mom like who I'm supposed to have?
1: I think that's the idea too is at the end of this movie they're in a car together and they're it's kind of the Texas Chainsaw ending where the the female survivors in the back of a truck and they're driving away to safety and he gives her a look like he knows something is not right right and i kind of wonder that too if if he knows or he's been feeling all along that she's not she's his mom and she's all he's ever known but she knows he knows that something is wrong with this person Mm-hmm. There's something not right, which I think is good.
0: That's the creepy feeling that the movie really leaves you with. And it puts you in that place of, how would you feel? So
1: I mean, I just had questions. Like, they emerge from the subways and they, they hold hands
0: all around the world. Sure. What is their goal? My guess, after thinking about it more, is their initial idea is to make this statement of they're all wearing red, They're linking hands as brought by this 1986 ad, but they're showing unity. After that, they're going to start terrorizing. That's my guess. That it will be the beginning of an uprising, a war, more or less, with those tethered or those living underground with those living above ground. Hmm. That's my guess. I don't know. Is there going to be a sequel? I could see there being a sequel, but God, I don't think... We
1: cannot do sequels.
0: But <laughs> Just, I, I honestly don't know. I
1: would be, there, And there's the rumor that w- you and I have talked about that Get Out and, and uh, us are in the same universe. Right. It's like, we don't need to connect everything.
0: And Peele, he said that he will not confirm nor deny that about being in the same universe. And as far as sequels... I don't think he'll do it, which makes me really happy. I'd love just one and done. Keep it as a standalone. Yeah, I,
1: I do have this question. What's that? Uh, Peele's done two movies now. At wh- what's the over-under on when he he breaks away from the horror genre? I don't think
0: it'll be long.
1: You I- think he'll, he'll do four and then try something new? Do you think the third one? Because we have an idea that he's going to do one more horror film. This is kind of his trilogy of horror films and then maybe the fourth film he
0: diverges.
1: Does that sound probably right?
0: I'd say he'll do one or maybe uh, another, like, two horror follow-ups, but... At some point,
1: he's going to be like Shyamalan, and Shyamalan got huge with Sixth Sense and then was doing these thrillers and wanted to break free, and it didn't work, and now he's back in that field house. I think Peele's maybe a little more talented in certain ways that he could sustain doing different things but I kind of wonder how much because I really like this kind of stuff so I'm trying to enjoy uh what Jordan Peele has to do in this genre before I feel like he's gonna maybe break out and do a Judd Apatow-esque comedy or something
0: I even predict that maybe the upcoming film could be a deviation from this I feel like it will be it will be soon the other thing there's this speculation that he he Peel has said he would like to do a live action version of the gargoyles animated <laughs> story. He's come out to and said that. so i I honestly kinda
1: chuckle to myself and then I think, well, I think he if he wants to do it and that's something he wants to do, he must have an idea. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I was a little disappointed, but again, I think he, I think it's, I just think this is going to be, I'd, I don't know if I would recommend this movie.
0: It would be tough unless you, the other thing is that Get Out, it's a genre bender, Us is a genre bender, but I feel like hearing horror at the be- very beginning, and also so many people pumping it up, is that, nah, I would say it follows in suit, like Get Out, but it's not going to have the same appeal as Get Out.
1: No, but it'll have a fan base. Sure.
0: But I I do think that the third film, Peel Will Do, could very well be a deviation into something totally different. So, overall, what I, I'm curious, what is your YouTube moment for us? Is there one that stands out? One that, a scene that People will be searching on YouTube years from now because as soon as it happened in the moment, I thought of one, and also I thought this is going to be seen as like a classic scene.
1: I know yours. I feel like mine would be when she she realizes that she was the one that was in the um, in the subway, and we get it's kind of like the cut montage of okay her getting the T-shirt and then. Um, her father giving it to her down below. And we're, we're kind of piecing together that these two universes are linked, not universes, but these two worlds are, are linked and just kind of that tail end. But I don't know if that was all in the same scene.
0: It was, it was the final flashback.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I like that is, is the big reveal.
0: My YouTube moment has to go to the scene where we have Elizabeth Moss and her family chilling at this beach home They're arguing about something being outside, and that's whenever their home is attacked by a group of doppelgangers.
1: I had no idea that was coming. I had no idea of any other doppelgangers.
0: Did not expect that, but... It was a shocker. As soon as he put on Beach Boys Good Vibrations, I felt this is going to end up being an iconic scene. Something's going to happen during this. That's brutal.
1: It's a good scene.
0: And that is what I would end up saying will be the YouTube moment of us. So recommendation, you think that it's kind of low.
1: I would recommend it, but I would just say, um, I would, I told somebody today, I was like, I, I liked it. I think it's going to be divisive, but I would never tell you not to see it. Like if you thought, if you thought Get Out was really good, then um, give it a shot. Cause this is again from Jordan Peele and, you need to f- you need to see it for yourself
0: i would agree with that so you stole the words out of my mouth
1: i'm your doppelganger
0: here's what's in the works we will cover april pickums we will drew and i will choose three things that we're most excited about that's coming out in april we will also cover jordan peel once again we're what? returning to peel huh it's jordan peel's twilight zone we will also cover pet cemetery Not only the new film, but we're returning to the original one. Then we will also do a filmmaker spotlight on S. Craig Zoller, who his most recent film was Dragged Across Concrete. He also did Bone Tomahawk and Brawl and Cell Block 99. Also, do not forget that we have a contest going on right now where if we get 200 followers on Twitter, we will have a drawing for a Fandango gift card.
1: Let's go. Let's pick this up a little bit.
0: And that's going to do it, film fans. Don't forget to rate us and subscribe so that every new episode goes directly into your podcast player. You can also follow us on Twitter at Quality Check Pod, Instagram at Quality Check Podcast, or shoot us an email at Quality Check Podcast at gmail.com.